Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Mornings with Marit here in March, turning the corner for um, St. Patrick's Day. So hopefully everyone's getting ready for that. I'm so lucky today because I don't have to do any work, which makes me super happy. I have um, Carrie Sinefsky and Angela Ford with me, two of my favorite people on our team. We have such a great crew here. And they're going to be talking about um, getting your, your agency in order in regards to e and and protecting yourselves. And so Carrie and Angela have both been with us for five and six years, which is awesome. It's great to have a team that's so stable. And I, I think you're in for a treat. So I'm going to pass this over to Carrie, and I'm going to let you guys have a great day. I'll be around. And uh, I know that you're, you'll pick up quite a few things today that gets you taking some action. Carrie, take it. All right. Thanks, Marit. Thanks, so we're Mark. so excited to be able to spend this morning with you. I wanted to, before we get too far down the road, I wanted to make sure that you all knew that at the sidebar, if you go to your handout section, you're going to see all the resources that we're going to be referencing today, including a, a checklist. So just know that that's there. And then at the end of the webinar, we will send out a follow-up email so that you'll have those resources in your email as well. We just wanted to make sure that you got to kind of listen and think through what we're saying versus having to take a lot of notes. So you're gonna have all that we're talking about sent to you later. So the title of this has spring cleaning in it. And when I think about the phrase spring cleaning, frankly, I don't really like it. Um, I think about all the areas in my house that I haven't paid attention to and I've just been ignoring all the dust bunnies in the corner, uh, specifically my closets, um, you know, what fits, what doesn't, that's always a fun task. Uh, the garage, the laundry room, the pantry, where you just kind of shove things in there. Uh, you had a great idea when you first moved into the place and now nothing is where it's supposed to be. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that spring cleaning actually caused a little bit of like whew, anxiety for me when we were trying to come together with something to, to share with you on that. So the emphasis of that is that though it can be overwhelming at the end of it all, when I have looked through my closet and reorganized everything, I feel a lot better. I know where everything is. Things make sense. I'm not spending a lot of time wandering around trying to figure out is it where is it. Same thing with the with the garage. I know exactly where that stupid screwdriver is that I need all the time. So uh, just to put that in as a frame of reference. So we're acknowledging it's a little bit stressful when you hear spring cleaning, but at the end of it, hopefully you've got some tools and resources that are helpful to you. So in the long run, we've already said this: spring cleaning it saves time. My daily life runs smoother at home. Um, I know how to prioritize my day. Um, I have, I, once I have a list of what I'm gonna accomplish in my spring cleaning at home, I know um, how to allocate time to each task. What's the priority? What do I wanna do today? What do I not wanna do today? Um, what items will I need? And ultimately, when am I gonna need my husband's help? So that's always fun, know when to ask for help. And then at the end, the check mark always feels amazing. So we're gonna focus on the check mark throughout this whole thing. So, um, <laughs> Angela and I took a bit of time in, in preparation for this uh, webinar, and we actually created a um, spring cleaning checklist for you. So that will be one of the resources that you receive at the end. Um, and you'll receive it as a resource. Um, we've outlined a few agency risk management areas that will help your agency mitigate risk and hopefully um, increase processing times as well. So there's a benefit to what we're asking of you. And then at the end of the act of the checklist, we think you'll feel better too, knowing that you took the time to review, uh, you've prioritized and implemented changes to better protect your agency, 
improve communication with your insureds, and ultimately empower your staff by including them in the process. So keyword is process. So Angela, we're gonna turn it over to you to talk through a couple processes. Thank you, Carrie. And she's right, we spent a, quite a bit of time trying to figure out what we should talk about, what kind of areas we wanted to increase. And while we're just touching the surface, but we were hoping to just kind of look, put a few seeds in a few different areas so that it will get you thinking about some things you need to talk or, or look at. And the big one, if anybody knows me, I'm always talking about process and procedures and policies and, and how and why and all the, that good stuff. So today, the, just to start with a couple of questions is, uh, are your processes, are your procedures, are your policies, are they current? Um, and do you know if your team is currently following them? Is it consistency? And then when was the last time you updated or reviewed them? Um, working with many agencies, they always say, well, we have the how-to. Well, that's not really a process and a procedure, but it is a starting point. But even if you have a lot of how-tos, you want to take a look to see when was the last time they were reviewed and updated. Um, many of you got a lot of great tools, technologies helping you now, um, I guess, get further along in that process. And so it's time to make sure that you're keeping up on that and reviewing those things in a timely manner. So spring cleaning is a great opportunity to at least go back and see what you have in place and why. And then with onboarding and offboarding, I mean, processes and checklists, the key there is you want to think about it in terms of two things, your employees, so it's internal, but also from your insurers. It's a great opportunity to see if, you're, if you have a process for onboarding your new clients, offboarding, in, in, in both capacities, internal and external. And do you have a checklist in these areas? If not, this is a great opportunity to do so. And then more importantly, what should be on those lists or what should be on in the onboarding and offboarding? And to just talk about that a little bit, uh, I wanna say it gives you the opportunity to find where mistakes are being made um, with the offboarding and onboarding. The other piece is really from a technology access exposure. That's where that spring cleaning really comes into play because uh, we're going to transition and talk a little bit about um, checklists here in a little bit. But the key is with the onboarding and offboarding, uh, the most of your processes, procedures, they should be uh, auditable. They should be, uh, there should be, the team should be held accountable. And you want to know if it's really doing what it was intended to be there for. Meaning, is it measurable? Is it reducing potential risk? And, and then also, is it helping from your service and your, your customer experience? And when I say customer, that's internal and external. So with that, we're going to talk a little bit more about checklists. So thanks. Let's, let's transition a little bit over to checklists and talk about why all of that plays in the role. And um, Karen, I'll be just visiting on a few of these areas. Mm -hmm. So as as Angela mentioned, we're doing kind of a high level thing. And then at the end, like I said, you'll have that checklist that'll get a little more specific with some takeaways for you all. Um, but we wanted to make sure we spent some time on checklists. One, because I just called it spring cleaning checklist. So it makes sense that we would use it again here. So the first one is super obvious. You all, you all have them, uh, coverage checklists, and you use these hopefully for both new business and renewals. Um, and the benefit of, of using them is that they um, increase efficiency overall. So it creates consistency um, if utilized by all your agency staff. Um, they help direct the conversation with your insureds, right? It gives you kind of a way to keep the conversation going, especially if you have a new person on the team that you're that's learning how to even 
um, ask the next question that's going to help your insured get what they need, get the coverage they need. Um, so it helps them determine the needs of the client and it helps your client think about what they may need also. Um, and then it helps you know, has a document, a document in your system where you have access to it. So you can always refer back to it past or future should needs change. So it helps create kind of a baseline for your, for your insureds. It's also an opportunity, you know, for account rounding. So it might pinpoint somewhere in the conversation with your client that, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I've got two vintage motorcycles in the shed out there. And though they're not running, they are, you know, they go for a pretty penny. So that's an area where you can always kind of, it brings up additional conversation, helps you account around, make sure that you're being thorough. So one thing that Angela really wanted to make sure that we remembered and that we stated around checklists is to make sure that the checklists that you're using, that they're current and they're not so general um, that you miss the point of them. So you wanna make sure that they actually represent the risk that you're writing. And Angela, you've got a couple um, areas that you point people to when you're advising on checklists. Absolutely. Um, what, what I'm saying by that is that you want to make sure it's a representation of the risk that you're representing or proposing and that type of thing. And many of you guys are using reference tools. There's tons of them out there that's at your fingertips that will allow you to put the kind of risk in that you are writing or proposing or just really evaluating. And it'll give you a lot of the recommendated recommendations, but also suggestions on uh, additional coverages. So you just want to make sure it is well-rounded instead of just a checklist you've used for the last three years or five years, because we all know uh, things are changing. <laughs> and so we just want to make sure you, and one of the tools without calling names, but um, in the industry, there's some that's by Zyway, there's some by Reference Connect. So there's tons of places where it allows you to put a risk type based on the client and put in uh, several different and get uh, access to recommended coverages just to make sure you're covering your bases. Also, it's an opportunity for the newbies in your um, agency possibly to learn more about additional coverages. So mm -hmm. just make sure your uh, checklist, that if you are using them, they are represent representing the risk that you're proposing and writing. Yeah, Thanks. you can tell we're pretty passionate about checklists, which is silly, <laughs> but it's something that we do all the time. Absolutely. So, yeah, the other benefit of the coverage checklist is it actually can serve as proof of client coverage rejections should this ever come into question down the road. We see this all the time on the claim side where the claimant is accusing the agency of not offering a certain a certain line of coverage that they would have purchased had they been offered it or even a limit option. So this is coverage checklist can be helpful in this way too. And I have an example of this. So was flood insurance offered? Was it accepted or rejected? This is a big one, especially as we move into hurricane season, right? So there's actually an agency that uses this geniusly. They actually pull from their agency management system. Every April, they'll pull a list of all the clients that they know are in flood zones, and they write up a letter, and they'll, they'll, they use this, and they send it out to their clients every year, and they either outline on that letter whether the client has elected in the past not to carry flood insurance and hey maybe you want to consider it this year or for those that actually have flood insurance in place they remind those clients of what limit they're carrying and advise them that hey there may be a higher limit available let us know if you'd like to see that option so 
In addition to checklists, you can get creative in how you want to communicate things with your insureds, but it's good to have those things identified in your agency management system and have something that you can reference to know what you've offered previously so that you know next time, hey, maybe we want to offer these additional coverages this year, or hey, last year, you remember we talked about you were thinking about starting a home business. Um, where are you in that? So they can kind of help remind you. You've got a lot of clients. They can remind you kind of where you're left off to. So um, I think we've thoroughly exhausted the coverage checklist. So Angela, you want to talk through the policy checking? Well, before we move on from that, let's just talk a little bit about the coverage rejections because I have seen where some agencies use um, the opportunity where while we're calling it a checklist, they refer to it as um, a list of maybe things they propose and they use a rejection format of that. But basically it's a way of they identify that they did talk to clients about a series of things and they literally have a client sign off on it. So they may refer to it as a rejection, coverage rejection opportunity or, or whatever. So when we're talking about coverage checklists, we're kind of putting all of that in that, that whole rim of things. But, but more importantly, what they're doing is identifying, documenting that they did talk to the client about some, because you guys are the experts. Uh, and I know we're not supposed to use that word loosely, but you guys are the ones that know or what would recommend what a person should need based on the risk that they have. And so it just gives you an opportunity for CYA, but an opportunity, like you say, for cross-selling and things like that. So when we talk about coverage checklists, we're also talking about rejection forms and things of that nature, because it's still they are electing not to do something that you're proposing. So thank you, Karen. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about policy checking. While um, most agencies do it, um, a couple of things I want to start out by saying is if you are an agency that outsourced, it is still just as important for you to have a policy checklist. And what I mean by that, there's an you should have an agency standard form that the entire team, everybody is technically utilizing that as the foundation for checking policies. We know that there's always exceptions, but you, you want to make sure that there's a standard form format guidelines that is being used um, uh, to, to check the policy, and, and regardless of whether it's internal or external. Um, the form, there's tons of things that should be on it, and you know some of them are the obvious, but I want to point out just a couple of things that should be on that form. Of course, you want to check the terms and, and the named insureds, that's a big one, um, but reviewing the exclusions and the endorsement addition dates. Working with Karen as we were planning to um, talk about this. I wanted her to share a little few things that she has she shared with me about the addition date being just as important. Now, again, we couldn't cover everything possible on a checklist, and we got a little bit more to talk about. But more importantly, you should have one that is structured so that you know at least the team is doing it the same way. So I'm gonna pause and Harry, you want to share some some information with them? Yeah. So um, as Angela mentioned, with all the changes in the market right now, particularly in property, right? We're seeing that all the time. Cyber is another one where they keep changing the forms. And if it's an admitted policy form, you know, it has to be filed with the state and approved there. So the way that carriers change coverages is by filing an endorsement. It's easier to file an endorsement to change the terms within the policy than to refile the whole thing. So I say that, and you know this already, but when you think about the importance of endorsements, that's ultimately what's changing how the policy will respond. Mm -hmm. So as an example, um, we know endorsements can change everything, even if the base form stays the same, right? So that's the overarching statement. But we had a carrier here at IIAT 
um, that changed an addition date on an employment practices liability endorsement on a policy. Now that that endorsement was not listed on the quote. So when we got the bind request, you know, you have the list of forms and endorsements, that particular endorsement was not listed. Um, but under a different uh, date. So once the, we, in our policy checking, thankfully we noticed that though the name of the endorsement was the same, the endorsement date was different. So that triggered us to take a look at, hey, what about this endorsement is different from last year? Um, and it was a big one. It actually removed policy language for uh, excluding coverage to third parties. Well, the whole point of the Employment Practices Liability Form for this particular insured was that they needed it to extend to third parties that were working on their behalf. So had we not noticed the addition date, not just the name of the endorsement, and a claim had occurred and that policy had gone out and it basically would have been bound differently than it was quoted, right? We would have been on the hook in some fashion had a claim arose and there was no coverage for that particular thing. So I say that because literally just one number difference can change everything in a policy. So just make sure that that's one of the things that your team is aware of um, and take the time. I know it's policy checking is one, it's boring. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest, but it's so important and it's time consuming, especially when you've got a really complicated client and they have multiple policies. It makes total sense that people want to kind of shrug that off and, and not pay attention to the details. But Similar to spring cleaning, it's in the details, you know? So um, just make sure everybody knows that the endorsement dates make a big difference. Well, along those lines, I mean, that's just as important, but we don't have to tell you, you should be comparing it against what was quoted versus what was provided in the proposal to the client versus the bind request. And then um, what was actually one of the policy that was actually issued. So the catch is you should be checking all of those things. So along with policy checking, it is equally important for you to be monitoring. And we're going to talk about auditing in just a little bit. But I want to say while we're talking policy checking, that it's been done in a timely manner. And that's one of the reasons that I see a lot of agencies outsource because that's like Carrie said, it's not fun. Um, but it's also one of those things that typically people get to when they have uh, the extra time. And nobody has extra time this day <laughs> because um, in the state of Texas, it's very, very important that the policies are delivered within a reasonable amount of time quickly. Uh, so because the policyholder needs to review it in themselves to make sure that there's nothing, that they didn't find anything wrong with it. So you do need to have a process in place for getting those to the client right away. Um, along with even identifying, we're still checking, but it's also the policyholders' uh, responsibility to check the policy. And so you want to make sure you have a handle on that. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that's perfect. So perfect segue for just having internal processes and consistency is talking about an internal audit checklist for reviewing accounts. Yeah. So, you know, we know this, right? That we can't forget about our staff, right? We talk a lot about our insureds, um, but insurance is complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. It's easy to assume everything is running smoothly or as intended, or maybe like I said, you see that dust bunny over there and you're just gonna keep ignoring it because you've got other things going on. But eventually you need to look, you need to address the dust bunny. So, uh, and that's because we're just all so busy. I mean. Nobody has extra time, like Angela said. Nobody is twiddling their thumbs trying to figure out what to do next in the day. It is, it is packed, there's a lot to do. And um, so it's easy to kind of ignore the dust bunny. 
So right. when that happens, um, you know, it's important to have some type of internal auditing structure. Um, and we'll leave it up to you as to what that looks like. But Angie, do you want to talk through some areas that are important in that? Oh, absolutely. Um, with the internal audit, of course, you're looking for your, and it goes back to process procedure and all that good thing. The internal audit checklist is basically just, it's that uh, accountability. It's also the um, looking for opportunities for continuous improvement. All of that's wrapped up into internal audit checklist. Um, it is making sure whatever you've put in place, because it's not just for servicing your clients, but it's also from potentially you know, and then also making sure the team is doing it consistently across the board. And so those are some of the things why you would have it. Uh, on the internal audit, you might consider doing a peer-to-peer -peer audit. Um, I know everybody has multiple, wears multiple hats, and uh, it's a great opportunity if you have one person that manages the team and can do all this stuff, but we all know that they tend to wear hats and they're servicing a big book themselves. So the consideration of review of peer-to-peer, -peer, um, I've seen some creative things done over time where the team has, um, they've uh, they put a point system in it where, where you got points on the accounts and files that were audited at random. And so it just keeps everybody on the, it, it keeps the processes clean and, and consistent because if you know that you may be audited, you have a better chance on everybody doing it the same way. And if you make it fun across the teams, then from peer to peer, then it become more of a opportunity for internal networking and, and uh, team connections as well. Uh, and it provides training opportunities. Um, you'll find maybe areas of bottlenecks for improvement. Because those who know me, I'm always asking, is there another way? And I and I used to say a better way. And so I try to say just another way because many times some of the workflows and processes and procedures that's out there, it was the best that they could do based on where they were and or what tools they had at the time. And so as we progress, whether it's getting a more experienced team or whether it's based on uh, new tools that's available. Um, it's really one of those things, an opportunity to train up, to, to streamline more, or to empower them to just know that um, becoming more of a consistency. All of those things are all wrapped up into one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Angela, I wanted to really highlight, you know, the point when you hear audit, nobody likes that word. It's almost like we yeah. should use something else because the implication of an audit in the past is that you know it's negative they're there to point out things that you didn't do right um it's pointing fingers it's placing blame and we just want to highlight again we're, we're part of iiat right and we one of our tenants is uh continuous improvement and staff empowerment comes out of continuous improvement so just to kind of reframe what audit is when we talk about internal audits it's really just an opportunity to see what's working and what isn't from a high level and then at the end of the day, once you get down into the weeds a little bit, you, you work with your staff to figure out what we can do differently so this process is smoother. So it's encouraging your staff to be part of the solution, not just pointing a finger at them and say, you need to do a better job, but hey, what is it about this process that is difficult or isn't working or is time consuming or whatever it is, so that then you can overall help each other to do a better job together. So just, wanted to make sure we knew it wasn't a bad oh. thing. They're ultimately good. 
Absolutely. I recently did a class on what and why to audit. And one of the slides I put in there is I truly believe audit equals equals continuous improvement. So um, so it's a positive thing. And that runs across the gamut, across the whole agency. So while we're focusing on the risk and the coverages and the policy piece, that whole checklist and checkpoints and all of the uh, processes and procedures is across all agency operations or should be. But we're just honing in on one particular area and, and looking at the potential E&O risk, which is usually most times out with your clients. Mm -hmm. So Agreed. great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just an opportunity. And so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, disclaimers and um, disclosures. And it's like, well, what does this really mean to an agency? Well, believe it or not, um, I find that some people don't have privacy statements. That's something that's simple on their website. Um, or when was the last time it was reviewed? Um, I, I keep it very simple by saying, you know, mean what you say, say what you mean, and do what you say. So, you know, making sure it is clean, simple, but to the point. And if you haven't reviewed it in a long time, that this is a perfect opportunity to go and maybe take a look at that because you need to see, does it need to be modified? Proposals and summaries, wow, you know, it's a lot of little things when it comes to when you're looking at proposals that you want them pretty, you want them fluffed, but you also want to make sure you're giving the client that key stuff, like is the policy um, all auditable? I mean, that's that's one of the big things. Um, are you including key things in that? Or is there a disclaimer, this is not a policy? Um, believe it or not, I run across some really beautiful policies, but some of the simple things are not there, meaning it doesn't have your uh, disclaimer that this is not a policy. And then this proposal is only good through a certain day. So you want to look at your disclaimer statements that you may have on your summaries and proposals. Summaries, um, believe it or not, that's one of those areas that they sometimes I find that they're done and sometimes they're not. It depends on the client and da 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 da. da. Well, the key is it gives you an opportunity to cross sell gives you an opportunity to validate that what you currently have is what the client still has, because that's one of those areas that can kind of get you in a, um, a little uh, tizzy if you just assume and move forward without validating from a summary or things like that at renewal time. So I'm going to mm -hmm. pause for a second and Carrie let you, because you're looking like, yes, I need to add something here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know each other too well, Angela. It's good. Uh, she can tell I'm getting restless over here. So she mentioned adding onto the proposals in themselves that, and with policy delivery, I would say, particularly if you're, if the policy is auditable. Now the significance of this often comes up in workers' comp policies, and we have story after story of an agency uh, presenting a proposal, it being by, bound, um, it happens to be auditable, and when the carrier goes out to actually perform an audit of that firm, they notice that the class codes weren't utilized correctly in one area. Remember, they differ by state. So if you have a multi-state uh, agent or insured, it can get complicated really easily. And we all know not only are the class codes significant in workers' comp, but what the rating basis is, which is you know the payroll per class, you know what type of work they're doing within the firm. So you do not like to get the call or to be the person delivering the news that, oh, by the way, the premium that we quoted you was X, it's actually X, Y, Z with a couple more zeros afterward. 
So th that can cause quite a bit of a stir with your insureds if you don't inform them that it's auditable. And then what we always recommend is there's no harm in putting on the proposal and with policy delivery what the base rate, what the rating basis was so that you've informed the insured, hey, by the way, you indicated this is your payroll, this is what we used. Because we all know, depending on when you run that report, it could also change for the year. There's a lot of changes, a lot of variables in what you're doing. So as long as you've communicated it, at least you've got something to fall back on should they say, hey, you didn't tell me or you did this wrong, right? So workers' comp is a big one. Just go out of your way to, to over-communicate about that because we have seen more than one claim come in about the premium being a lot higher and your insured wasn't counting on paying that and now you've cost them X. So um, I, that's a big one. Workers' comp can get you in trouble if it's not disclosed. So. You know, I was going to add to that, Carrie, because you're right. And I've, I've had the pleasure with working with a few of the best practice agencies. And it's interesting because I've been in many agencies and they'll talk about not wanting to share some information with the client or they they don't want the client to have all these things they got to review and sign because it's it's a lot. And the, it's interesting because it's a different view. I, the, a couple of the best practice agencies, their thing is it's for the client as much as it's for the agency. And so they've turned it into a positive experience because they use it as an opportunity to educate and inform and explain why these things are so important. So when they're talking about, they include stuff, but they also with the sign-offs and, and various things, they are making a point to explain this is why you have us <laughs> because we're working on your behalf and that kind of thing. So it's an opportunity, not so much um, impacting the customer's experience with all the disclosures and disclaimers and sign-offs and rejections, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just, I think it's worth making sure we talk about that. Um, the other one, and it's just really, if you don't have, an, and we put it here for policy delivery process or communication, Wow. Um, you want to make sure you're auditing this, that third option, that third bullet there. Um, you want to make sure you know that process for your agency, because it is important that you give that policyholder the opportunity to review that policy for um, issues or items as well. So you just want to make sure you have a clean, quick, accurate process in place so that you can monitor that and know that this was done uh, in a timely manner. Um, and uh, if you haven't evaluated it, this should be on your, one of your action items to go review. And then looking at that timetable and validating it or making sure that this is being done in a timely manner, whether the policy is accurate or not. There, there's mm -hmm. always, there could be changes, but it's more important that it's done. Yep. Angela, I'll add, you know, we do that on the ENO team when we do, if we happen to write your policy, pay attention to your policy delivery email that you get from us because we actually include on both the policy delivery and um, on all certificate requests when we send out a certificate of insurance, we always have that one line that just says, please take a moment to review the attached and let us know if any corrections are needed and we can alert the carrier. So we're not, we're not assuming any risk in that, right? We're saying exactly what's going to happen. We need you to take a look. Please take a look. Let us know if any corrections are needed. Of course, we've done our own review, but we want you to do yours. Maybe we missed something or there's a word misspelled and that can change everything in an address or a number or something like that. And then it gives you the opportunity to get back to us and say, hey, by the way, you misspelled field 
or it's supposed to be three, four, one, two, and not one, two, three, four. So it, it puts it back on you and then it helps us. So, and then we tell you, hey, we're gonna go back to the carrier for that because it's not something that we can change, obviously. If it has to change with policy terms, you have to go back to the carrier to get it approved by them. Sometimes an endorsement is needed and then we can issue it back to you, but it keeps that communication going. Um, one other thing that we have added, and this has been emphasized specifically by Swiss Re, who is our one of our E&O partners, um, and that is that based on all the changes, particularly in property, they're really encouraging all agents, and we do this on our proposals as well, is to say with the proposal delivery, we add a line in the email that says higher limits may be available. I'm not promising that they are because your circumstances, they may not be, but they may be available. And if you'd like to see additional options, please let us know. This is another area where some really large claims come in again with the same claimant story, which is had I known that I could have had 10 million limits for only this much more, I would have purchased that limit, but you didn't tell me, so then I didn't have sufficient limits and now it's your fault. So just by putting that simple line on there to say additional limits or higher limits may be available, keeps the conversation going. You've disclosed that they may, they may be, if they're not, obviously you're gonna let them know um, once you've tried to get them for them, but at least you've had that communication and it's a real simple thing to put on all your emails. So that's just something that we encourage you to do as a takeaway. So you'll see that in the checklist that we'll send out to you later this afternoon. Well, you know, in, in the spirit of sp spring cleaning, we, we I know we're talking about hopefully things that everybody on this call is already, they have in place, but it's an opportunity for you to go back and uh, take another look at it, um, see what, what's missing or what needs to be added. Um, because we're not saying you don't do these things. We're just saying, you know, it's an opportunity to, um, I guess, dust it off and, and take another uh, look at what you could possibly add to it. And then also, it's, it won't hurt to look at these things as an opportunity to, I won't call it market, but sell your clients or to see what they don't have. I mean, that's the beauty, I think, of the, the, the transition we're in now is that technology is allowing the uh, teams and agencies, you, the independent agent, to be more client-focused if they're utilizing their tools and, and using the systems for some of this. So it gives you back all that experience, those years of knowledge and, and really telling people, what, suggesting to people what they can and cannot do. <laughs> so with that, let's talk a little bit about websites. And um, websites, uh, they can be fun. And here's the thing, if you haven't reviewed your website um, in the last, I would say six months to nine months, and I'll also say, I get agencies calling about websites and the focus is always on marketing. Well, there's a lot of things you need to look and review on your website and because most agencies, granted any business this day and time, you really have to have a website. That's the first thing we're all gonna go check out is the website. And then you wanna know that the, the first thing is you wanna make sure that your website says exactly what you do. Um, and I say that because over the years, and people have been focused on marketing and they, they have all this great fluff, but they forget to tell the client, you know, does it say what you really do? Is it simple? Again, I, I, one of my favorite agencies, and I won't name them, but they are a best practice agency. I was like, man, their website was as simple, but it was clean. And for the most part, it said exactly what they did and the focus, they left it back on their customers. So it was 
a really good experience. I do website audits and I'm like, well, there wasn't much I could say because they weren't saying a lot of things they didn't do. They focused on exactly what they did do and how they were going to help the client. So um, they did, they said exactly what they were going to do because words matter. Um, content and we've attached in this, and I think Carrie's probably going to talk about that a little bit of, of some things that you can look at on your website or go and do it. We, you know, we did a class a few months back and we did an exercise where we had you actually look at your website for some of these key words. And it was like words really do matter. Um, and it's to help you um, for that. Now, the mm -hmm. other piece that I guess I believe that's overlooked so many times on the websites that I intentionally look for this when I'm looking at websites is I literally um, click on all your links because if you've changed things or you've changed content, you may have links that are broken or going to places you really, really don't want them to go. <laughs> so um, you really want to just make sure you're doing that. So I'm going to pause a little bit before talking about another cyber uh, breach tip. But Carrie, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, we have, again, I'll bring up Swiss Re just because they do such a great job of um, paying attention to trends, claims trends. Yeah. And so one of the claims trends that they are, you know, harping toward us, so we will just suggest to you, we'll take the brunt of that for you, is that truly the words presented on your website could make or break you in the event of a claim. So as an example, if you say we are the ex experts in restaurants, okay, we know what you need before you do. Um, look to us for our experience and specialty. We've got you covered. We've got your back. We take on the stress so you don't have to. Doesn't that sound so lovely? Not yeah. to a claims adjuster, that sounds terrible. And the reason is because uh, there's no way that you can promise that every instance of a claim is gonna be covered. But what did you just say? On your website, it gave the illusion that um, if they place their business with you instead of someone else, that you've thought of everything and everything's just going to be great. Um, and when that claim comes in and that exclusion exists because we didn't look at it and the addition date was different, um, there the plaintiff's attorney is going to point to your website. And if it goes to jury, you know how that goes. It gets real complicated real fast because subjectivity comes in. Um, and now it's not so clear anymore as to whether or not you present, you represented your client well with your, with your carrier. So we say that because, and we made a joke earlier, which you may not have known, but we have an, an, an inside joke with an IIAT, because if you want to see my face get red or my tone change, you use the word expert to describe yourself. Um, and everybody, as soon as the word is said, they all look at me because they know that they're testing the waters and they shouldn't be saying it. So that is one thing that we've worked really hard to remove that word from, from our website and from a lot of our correspondence because we don't, we don't want to increase our own risk. And yes, we bring lots of experience and we all have this, the specialties needed to help um, people implement the changes that they want to in their agencies, but we just, we just know we can't use that word. Um, and like I said, Swiss Re pays attention, so so we have to as well. So I'll leave it with that. But just know there will be a list within our spring cleaning checklist and additional resources of literally like phrases to look for on your website that you may want to rephrase so that you're not overstating or overpromising by accident. So I'll leave it with that because I can go on forever about it. 
Well, you know, and, and another area on your website is they, that one word that I, I see all the time when I'm doing this is the word best. You know, I mean, you're like best and comprehensive and it's like, you know, it, it just, we're not saying you're not great. <laughs> we're just saying, you know, maybe change, choose a different choice of words. So um, yes, one of the handouts on here is checklists or lists that you can go and really just take a look and do your own uh, quick audit um, of your own website to see, you know, how well are you doing? Make it fun. I mean, challenge yourself. I mean, because um, it's not that it's uh, not pretty, because I've, I've seen a lot of pretty websites and cool links and all that good stuff, but the content is what we're really focusing on. Now, and so that's that's just a little bit about websites. We didn't want to make this about uh, all those things, but that the links, um, making sure that if you are sharing information on your website for uh, to other bridging to other locations, that you're letting the client know they're leaving your site. Um, and then if you have your own agency branded social media site, you just want to make sure you, you have disclaimers on those things too. You know, that maybe not all the views are the views of the agency, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's some links to get you to some good material that we've shared at the, at the uh, end of this or at the bottom of this. Now, mm -hmm. one tip that's not for the website, but it, since we're, that focuses on cyber and different things like that. I learned this preparing for another class is that the tip was to keep copies of, and I'm transitioning from the website to just kind of talk a little bit about cyber, is to keep copies um, of your policies, your agency policies. And I'm like, I never thought about it that way because, you know, we're, we always tell you, that, you know, attach it as da 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 da, but you want to keep a copy. And, and I went as far as to say, you know, some people say a printed copy, and this is Carrie and I having a, a discussion. I'm like, put it on a jump drive, but literally have it as an external device from your network. So in the event, you do need to get through those closely because if you work to, and we're not going to speak it out loud, you know, if you had a, you know, begins with the B. <laughs> um, if you have one of those instances, you uh, want to make sure you can get to your copies of your policies along with your contacts uh, for that particular policy, um, your cyber policy, if you need it. So you want to keep those um, fluid. And I always say, put them on a, a secure jump drive. They're quick and easy. We're getting ready to also go into hurricane season. Paper copies are fine, but um, it's just nice to have it so that you can grab it and go or grab it. And if you need to get to another uh, system to be able to access those. So that way you are you you have what you need in case of uh, um, a, a need. And I just don't want to speak it out loud for anybody <laughs> on the phone. So I'm going to pause because I'm sure Carrie has plenty to share on this area. No, I, that, that is the biggest takeaway tip I think we can share. Um, and it's something you don't think about until you potentially had uh, gone through an instance like that where you go, oh, wait a minute. How do I actually refer to who the claim contact is on that policy and what the limits are and the deductible if I can't get into my computer system to access it? So. I think that's just something that a lot of people don't think about, and that probably means you haven't had to think about it, which is great. Yes. Um, but it <laughs> just as a helpful hint for something that may or may not occur in the future, that it's an easy takeaway to, to implement. So I think that's oh, a good absolutely. one. Here. Yeah, this past fall, I was uh, at a conference, and one of the panelists talking about cyber. I mean, he made a bold statement to say, you know, when, not you know, it, it was like, uh, 
don't say that out loud. And he wasn't trying to be funny, but you know, he was, it was very profound at the time, but the, the takeaway is make sure it, for your agency's sake. And then it also, it's not just for that cyber, but um, we're getting ready to go into our crazy season for us who live here in Texas. So, you know, you want to be safe and dry and all those good things. So uh, with that, <laughs> I was just going to say that's, that was the tip and the last takeaway I had without getting into too much on the website reviews, but that's just to share just a few things of the wording, uh, which is where we find most of the challenges with the content that's on the sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will give a, a quick um, push. For those of you who don't know, uh, Angela is actually an approved auditor with Swiss Re. Um, so that would be on both the, the E&O operational review side and also the agency website review side. And I say that because um, if you are looking for help to really take a look at your at your website and figure out um, maybe some things that need changing. Angela is available to help with that. There is often a fee associated with that service because it does take her time to really dig in and look at all your pages and clicks and links and all the things that she talked about. And it's a lot more involved than what we've said here, but I just wanted to make sure that you all know that you do have access to Angela and she's an amazing resource Did you need to pursue that. Um, so all that to say, I know we've covered a lot today. The emphasis was on spring cleaning. You probably heard the word dust bunny way too many times. I apologize. That wasn't in the script. It just kind of happened. Um, but hopefully you, you've got a little bit more umph and enthusiasm for actually taking a second uh, with your staff and reviewing some of the things that we've gone over today. Like I said, we you are going to get a checklist. There, there's a checklist right now in the handout section. It includes some resources, including to links to some of the website wording documents that we have and handouts and white papers and things like that and then also the a checklist itself. Now, the beauty of the checklist is just because we gave it to you doesn't mean you have to do it. And it doesn't mean you have to do all of it. You have the freedom to choose what's important to you, where you know, oh, we haven't looked at that area in a while, we should probably start there. So you get to prioritize your time with your teams. Um, and we would love to hear feedback from you as you work through that checklist as to what stuck out to you. Actually, what were you surprised about? You know, we assume so much in what we do um, and what stuck out, what did you, what was your takeaway and what did you learn? So we will, we will end with that. Uh, remember the, there's going to be a, um, a resource slide up next, I think. Um, and then with that, you can see just kind of an overview of some of the things that we'll, you'll have available in that handout again. And then also we're going to email this out after the webinar. So you will, you will get that. Um, and then moving forward, you know, we have this series of mornings with Marit, and they've been so fun because they've provided such a variety of topics and resources and folks that come and join her or us or however. And a lot of that comes from needs that we hear from you. So we so appreciate your input and feedback. We are yes. here to serve you. Um, you are our client. You are our member. We want to hear what you need. So with that, we know um, one of the major topics is often leveraging um, resources um, for branding and marketing your agency. We hear that a lot. And so we're actually, Mart's gonna have um, Casey Connors from uh, the National Big Eye join her on the April 13th one. So you'll wanna be sure to tune back in for that. Um, and then also a couple more items. One is if you have not participated in the OpEx agency certification program, we are gonna have another one start and that's something that Marit um, runs throughout the year 
And the, this next one is starting on April 10th. It is limited as far as to the number of people we can have in a class. So just know that if you're interested, be sure to um, get approval from your manager or owner, whoever that is to participate. And the beauty of that course, um, both Angela and I have been through it ourselves, is one, it creates just a really nice small group of people that are like-minded and you have similar struggles. So not only um, you have this camaraderie, which is just great, um, but also you get to share ideas with each other. And in addition, Marit has a long list of amazing tools and resources that can be implemented right away within the agency with the goal of building a continuous improvement culture, which will literally change the trajectory of, of how much impact you can have in your agency and with your clients. It, it's a big change, even though it, it, it seems small, it makes a big impact on productivity, staff empowerment, um, just having that ideology of continuous improvement where you don't really focus forever on the past. You're constantly looking forward. Um, and anyway, we, we've both learned quite a bit from Art on that. Did you want to add anything about that, Angela, from your perspective? No, I was going to say when you said like minds, it, it is a culture of sharing too. So um, it, it's a great opportunity to, to come up with all kinds of things to implement. But it is something that it is designed, I believe, to help the culture in your agency. So, uh, no, you said it best, and I, I still use some of the tools. I tell Mark this all the time that I really do use some of the stuff I've learned and all of the different um, culture and operational type of solutions that she's brought to us as a team and then being able to participate in things like OpDex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've learned a ton from that as well. And then last but not least, I know you're all waiting with bated breath for registration to open. It's not quite ready yet, but what we do want you to do is to save the date for InsureCon. Um, so those dates again are June 21st to 23rd, and we are looking forward to seeing you there. So with that, I think that might be our last slide. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if there's any questions, but I doubt it. Um, I wasn't sure, so. There's not any questions I see. I replied to a couple in the chat. There will be a recording of this episode available with the follow-up email. I know a couple of people had questions on that. Um, and that seems to be the only question. Awesome. Okay. Great. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Keep us posted on how things are going.